Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Today I want to talk on the topic of grace. And um, in fact, before we even begin, I want to open up in prayer because I feel like it's a topic that for some, you might have never understood grace in your life. And for others, maybe you need a re- just a renewal of grace in your life. And grace is basically the doctrine that the whole Christian life is built upon, is the, the grace of God. And so I want to talk about that today. And, uh, but before we begin, let's just take a moment to pray. Lord God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the message that's going to be spoken. I thank you for the worship time that we've had. I thank you for each and every person that's, that's here today. I pray, God, that we don't just waste our time today, but that, God, we, we come into your word with humility, um, with expectation, that, Lord God, your word is going to impact our lives. And I pray for some here today that they will discover grace like they've never discovered before. And God, I pray for breakthrough in people's lives. I pray for people to be set free. I pray for people to be able to walk out of this place, Lord God, with a new and a freshness upon them, Lord God, that has nothing to do with anything except your grace. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I said before, grace is one of my favorite topics. I speak on grace often. If you've been in this church, the two, one that, the two that I speak on a lot is grace and faith. And uh, I, I think we just, I speak on it often because I think we need to hear it often. I really do. I feel like we need to, because so many times what happens in our life, you know, we live in a great country. We live in America where we have freedom. Um, we live in America that basically we know that, you know, if you work hard, if you, if, you, if you go after your dreams and you put effort behind your dreams and you work hard, you can accomplish basically anything. I believe that. Some of you don't, but I believe that in America. It's not saying it happens to everybody. I believe that if you work hard, you, you can accomplish almost anything that you desire here in America. And sometimes what we do as Americans, we take that same philosophy and we bring it into God's Word and we bring it into the Bible and we bring it into our relationship with Christ. If I just work hard, if I just I work a little harder, I'm going to work my way into heaven. And we, we take that mentality because it's been ingrained in us. I'm not saying that there's anything bad about that when it comes to a country. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, it is only by the grace of God that you are saved. And we need to understand that doctrine of grace for our lives. In every one of le- the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote, he shared on the subject of grace multiple times. In fact, Paul writes more about the topic of grace than, than all the, the rest of the Bible combined. He's called the apostle of grace for a reason. The apostle Paul understood that the dispensation of grace, the privilege of grace, the work of grace in his life. Grace, if you don't know what the meaning of it, is the unmerited favor of God. And the entire entire Christian life is built upon the doctrine of grace. It's absolutely essential to understand grace if you really want to live an effective life for God. The definition of the word grace is, is, is favor or kindness. And it carries this meaning 
to extend forth. It, me- it means to reach forth. It- it's-, it's a giving. It's a giving out of oneself. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You see, it's a- grace is this kindness that reaches out. God reached from heaven to earth because of his, of his love for you and for me. It's an act of kindness that goes beyond what we deserve. And it's important to realize that grace was extended to us. Because the work that Jesus completed, and this is what you got to catch, it's because of the work that Jesus completed when he came into this world. The completion of the work happened when Jesus died on the cross and became the sacrifice for our sins. His resurrection became proof that his sacrifice was acceptable to the heavenly father. And grace is upon our life. Paul writes it this way in Romans chapter 6, verses 22 and 23. He says, but now you are free from the power of sin. How many would love to be free from the power of sin? You are because of grace. I tricked you. I know. You are. See, that's what I'm talking about. We think that we're still under the power of sin, but we're not. Not if you're under the power of Jesus Christ and his grace. Sin has no more power. We're going to talk about that whole thought. Paul writes in Romans 6, But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of grace, we are free from the power of sin. Sin no longer has, and you might not think this, but sin no longer has a hold on your life. Unless you choose to allow it to, unless you choose to walk away from Christ, God's not going to hold you accountable for sin any longer when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And I know that's weird. It's counterintuitive to what we've been raised and how we think. You're going to, you know, you're going to pay for the consequences. I'm not saying that you won't have consequences because of sin. I'm just saying you won't be judged because of sin because your faith is in Jesus Christ. Here's something as I grow older, I'm learning more and more about. We can use the grace of God, and when I say this, understand what I'm saying, to overcome those sin times in our life that we're struggling with in our life. And you go, how do I overcome? I understand that God no longer because of my faith is in Jesus. But Pastor Tom, I still struggle here and there. And I, say, I believe grace can help you overcome that struggle because we're no longer slaves to sin. It's, it's really changing our thinking. The way we accept this remarkable gift is through our faith in Jesus Christ. And we do so humbly. Why is humility important? Because humility shows our willingness to surrender all of our life to Jesus Christ. The Bible states in James 4, 6, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace or favor to those who are humble. I cannot overstate the following truth. Living by God's grace will change your life. So stop trying to live by works. I'm not saying works is bad. I'm not saying works isn't a good thing to be able to change people, to help people and to move them forward and change people's lives when we feed the poor and we do so many things. That's good. But start, stop depending on the work of your life and start depending on the grace of God in your life. Grace will give you the advantage over sin. I don't, have you, how many of you have ever played tennis before? Okay. Tennis has one of, those, one of the strangest scoring systems ever. 
you know, it's just weird. How do you get to 15 on the first point? But you do. 15 is the first point. The next point is 30. And then you get to the next point is 40. It's weird. Why do you, why do we, and then if both players get to 40 at the same time, it's called a deuce. And you're tied, basically. And so, okay, and if you've never watched tennis before, it's really kind of confusing. And then when the next player, when you're induced, the next player who scores, all of a sudden it states that they're in the advantage. So advantage Westerfield. And then if I win the next point, I win the game. And so you kind of go from this deuce to advantage. It's, it's, it's kind of an interesting scenario. I share that illustration because I think of God's grace as the advantage that believers have in their life. We have an advantage over the enemy because we have the power of God's grace. And that's my title, my message today, Advantage Grace. It's your advantage. For, for the next few moments, I want to share with you two practical advantages that are found in grace. The first one is grace gives us the advantage of position. When you live according to grace, your past sins and failures no longer have power over you. The guilt of sin, the guilt of failure can be crushing. Guilt can, can cause you to live with a defeated spirit. Anybody out there? Have you ever lived with a defeated spirit? Have you ever lived in a, a, a state where all of a sudden you felt crushed? You feel like you're a loser. You can't accomplish anything. It seems like everything you do is wrong. And you start living in this defeated spirit because of guilt and condemnation that you don't even know where it comes from. I'll tell you right now, it comes from the enemy. He puts it upon your life. It's living in a condition where you're destined to fail. You see, the enemy loves to use sin or, or different things in your life to just continue to pile on you, to put that condemnation and to put that guilt and that shame upon you. And it's really hard to be successful in life when you're living under guilt and condemnation. When you're living under shame. Staying in that illustration of tennis that I shared earlier. If you've ever played tennis, and I haven't played it for years, but I used to play quite a bit when I was younger. If you've ever played tennis, there's a place called the dead zone. It's called no man's land. It's, it's, it's this place between the baseline and the net in the middle of the court. And if you get in that area, boy, it's really difficult. If you're in, back by the baseline, the ball is bouncing to you, you can hit the ball. If you r rush up towards the net, guess what? You're up towards the net and you're catching the ball in the air. But if all of a sudden you're in that middle zone where the ball normally bounces, everybody playing tennis understand what I'm talking about? You have about a 95% chance, or less than a 95% chance to return that ball when it's hit down by your feet. You just, it's just hard to do. And you can't be in, you got to make a commitment. Either you got to, see, so many of us don't want to make a commitment towards grace. We stay in this dead zone. We get caught up in this dead zone of sin and condemnation and guilt. And all of a sudden we're trying to do this, work out this life. And the ball is coming down at our feet and it's hard to hit. And what God wants you to do is commit. Commit to his grace. Don't stay in the dead zone. Grace lifts you out of that area. Grace removes us from that position and places us into a position where all of a sudden now we have the advantage. Say advantage. Advantage. Grace gives us the advantage. The Apostle Paul's life is a prime example of the grace advantage. Just for a moment, listen to Paul's journey and you'll understand why he's called the Apostle of Grace. 
In 1 Timothy 1.15, Paul calls himself, I'm the worst of all sinners. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15.9, Paul writes, For I'm the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. The very next verse, Paul writes, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was, that catches, and his grace to me was not without effect. The grace of God has power and can change your life when you're willing to embrace it. It can change you from inside out. It can change everything that you do in your life. Paul considered himself to be the worst of sinners. Why? Because he was the persecutor of the church. The chief persecutor of the church. Yet Paul recognized the advantage that he received from the dispensation of God's grace. When I say dispensation, the work of God's grace in his life. It was changing him. Because of grace, Paul no longer sits on the outside looking in. Because of grace, he has a seat of acceptance through Jesus' righteousness. Paul's stating, I know my past failures. I know my sins. He shares them. I know that I don't deserve to be an apostle of God. I am the least of all the apostles, he makes a statement. In fact, I don't even deserve to be a child of God. But by the grace of God, say it with me, I am what I am. Say, say that verse with me. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. It reminds me of the statement, and I want you to catch this thought because I think it's going to be, could be one of those God thoughts that's just powerful for you. It was for me at least. It reminds me of the statement Paul made in Galatians 2.20 where he says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about the verse where Paul says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And it, and it just all of a sudden, light jumped out at me. Basically, what Paul is stating is, I am what I am because of the great I am. I am what I am because of the Yahweh, the great I am who lives within me. See, we, the Bible says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so the, the grace of God is actually that all of a sudden God came from heaven to earth. His son died on the cross for our sins. And then because of his grace, he gave us the power of his spirit to reside in our life, to help to lead us and guide us and direct us. It's the grace of God. It's a crazy thought that the I am, when, when I say I am, if you don't understand what that, the the, the when, 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 when God was announcing himself in the Old Testament, I am. Meaning I'm, I'm the creator of everything. I am. And the thought that it is the I am that has entered into our life. Almost, it's almost, you can't even hardly get that thought around that. It's almost, in fact, if you said that in public, you would be laughed at and ridiculed. and thought, Say that next time at work when you're at work tomorrow. Just say yeah, God lives in me. Say that and see what someone says if they don't have a Christian. They think, you, what are you talking about? But you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul recognizes advantage, the advantage that this gave him, the wonderful work of grace. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, he writes, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. 
that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by the grace, by God's grace, that you have been saved. It's a constant reminder. Paul, every book that Paul ever wrote, he talks about grace multiple times. Why? Because he wants us to understand, especially the Jewish believers, he wanted them to understand it is not by works, it is by the grace of God that you're saved. No other, no other. Look at the first two words of that scripture. Is that still up there? Yeah. What are the first two words? But God. But God. It doesn't say, but good works, does it? It says, but God. It doesn't, it, it doesn't put any other God in there. It says, but God. Your salvation is only by God's grace, not by good works. Paul's past failures and sins should have disqualified him, but by God's grace he is saved and as, and as an apostle of God. And I think most of us in some way, if you, if you lived on this earth for any length of time, you can relate to Paul's story. Where, man, there's, there's times in your life that you didn't deserve to even be in relationship with God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And when we start understanding that, and we start, stop allowing the mistakes of our life, and I'm not saying that you should live in mistakes. Don't, I am not that preacher. I believe that we should, we should strive towards righteousness. But the thing I'm recognizing more and more, people get caught up in their sin and they live under condemnation and guilt and they can never get out because they don't understand the power of grace. Why did Christ give us forgiveness? Because he wanted to set us free from sin so we could start walking forward with him. Making a choice. We need to embrace that truth. God's grace is more powerful and stronger than anything else in your life. Nothing can ever disqualify you from the, from the grace of God if you choose to embrace Jesus Christ. Understand, the enemy wants you to embrace your condition. He wants you to embrace the failures of your life. He wants you to embrace the sins of your past. He wants you to embrace those unkind words that you spoke this morning before you left to come to church. Okay, now maybe you didn't, but maybe some of you did. And then you sit in church feeling guilty because of the unkind words that you said to your spouse or to your children. And you're feeling guilty. And you think, Pastor Tom's going to preach to me today. And I'm going to feel guilty. I'm going to have to come and repent. And, and, do. You're, and so you live under this condemnation, never stepping out into the power of God's grace. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go ask for forgiveness. I'm not saying that you shouldn't make the, your, the wrongs right. But what I am saying is that all of a sudden we can be dragged down by those things. And what we should do is lift ourselves back up and say, you know what? By the grace of God, I am what I am. And I'm going to start walking forward in that grace. God wants you not to em embrace your condition. God wants you to embrace your position in him. Because through your faith in Jesus, you are a new creation, an overcomer, having set free from the bondage of sin. You are a child of God, and you are a reflection of his glory. Can, can we say this? Because I feel like it might break something off of some people here today that are just struggling. Can you just say this? I am God's creation. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Brett had, we don't talk, Brett and I don't talk ahead of time. But when he started sharing about the canvas and the Mona Lisa, God is painting your life. 
if you allow the work of grace to come through you, God will just keep on painting. And you all of a sudden discover in life as you get older, like my wife and I continue to do each and every day, look, and we look back and look, by the grace of God, our family is what our family is. By the grace of God, I am who I am. God's grace continues. And God's grace starts as soon as you say, man, I choose to follow you, Christ. I choose to follow you, Jesus. Boom, the grace of God begins in your life. As a follower of Jesus, we need to learn to live according to our position and not according to our condition. Grace set Paul free from his condition so that he can embrace his position as a child of God. Here's the key. If you want to write something down, right? You will start living by position when you're willing to accept that God's grace is more powerful than your condition. You'll never start living by your position if you always think God's grace is not powerful enough to cover your condition, to cover your sin. But when you finally discover the grace of God, or the, the truth of God's grace in your life, and you start accepting it by faith, all of a sudden you can start living by position in your life that you are a child of God, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and he has a design for your life. You will start living by that when you are set free from the condition of your life. And the only thing that's set free from the condition of your life is grace. It's the grace of God. You'll never stop trying to earn your salvation. You're just too messed up. We are all, the, the Apostle Paul says that no one is righteous. We're all sinners saved by grace. Theologian A.W. Pink stated these words. He says, the great mistake made by people is hoping to discover in themselves that which is found in Christ alone. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. The second advantage I want, and there's more than this, but I wanted to hit two today. I felt in my spirit. And the second advantage I want to share with you today is knowledge. Grace gives us knowledge. Grace helps us to make right decisions. What do I mean by that statement? Choosing to follow Jesus will change the direction of your life. If you've made a choice, that you can, you, you can test, most of you can testify to this right here. When you, when you made the choice to follow Jesus, it started changing the direction of your life. It changes even the way you think, how you think, what you do. The actions you take. Because guess what? You have a new, a, a new direction, a new, new set, a new pattern, a new rule of life for you. And, and you're happy about it. Look what the Apostle Paul writes to Titus in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. He says, For by the grace of God, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And look, at, look again at that statement in verse 12. Grace teaches us to say no to sin, basically is what it's saying. Grace gives us the knowledge and the power to say no to those things that are harmful to our spiritual growth. We do that for our children. We teach them that, you know, these things are harmful. We'll tell them, no, don't do that because that's, you know what? Grace all of a sudden, when we walk with Christ, all of a sudden we start to learn that's not good for me. And we start saying no to those things that we know are harmful for us. God's grace helps us to exercise restraint because it gives us new purpose and new direction. Some of you are going to know this. Some of you aren't going to understand this because I'm getting older. My illustrations are getting more and more ineffective. That's okay. 
When I was a kid, we used to have a thing called teeter-totters. Anybody know what a teeter-totter was? Okay. It's this wood plank put on a set of fulcrum, and then all of a sudden you sit, sits on there, and the weight on one side, you know, and you could, we used to play. I don't, I think, they don't think teeter-totters around anymore. I think they've removed them because of child's. They removed all the fun things. The metal slides, gone. Those geodestric domes that used to crawl, gone. Lawn darts, gone. Lawn darts are the best thing in the world. I don't understand. They take all these fun things. I don't even know how kids have fun today. Tether, I don't think they have any tether balls anymore, right? I think they've taken that out because kids can get hit in the head with the tether balls. They take, everything's gone. When I was in grade school, I was a big kid. And um, like I was, when I was in second grade, I was the size of a fourth grader or fifth grade. I was a big kid. And um, I remember we'd go on out and we'd play on the teeter-totter. And I, knew, I wasn't like super excited about doing it, but someone would say, couldn't you do that? i said, okay, you know. And then i get frustrated. And so then, you know, I was bigger than most kids. So all I had to do was put my weight on them and I could send, I could send them up so fast that their head would slap onto the, uh, the teeter-totter. You know, they'd lose their balance. <laughs> and I could just sit there and keep them in the air as long as I wanted to. They're just stuck in the air. Because they just didn't have the weight to, to be able to balance my weight. They just got stuck in the, in the air, sitting there crying. And then some kid that had more compassion than me, which was most of the kids, someone would come over and he'd pull on the teeter-totter and they'd bring him down because they would balance my weight out and, and let the kid out of the, out of the bondage that I had put him in. <laughs> True stories. I think of grace in that way. Grace has the power to all of a sudden when you feel like you're stuck in the air, where you feel like you're in bondage and you have no place to go, you're trapped, somebody's sitting on the other end of that weight so heavy, all of a sudden grace all of a sudden equals out that weight and just starts to pull that, that back down for your life. It gives you grace, gives you hope. Gives you purpose. God's grace is the power that we need to tilt the balance of our life back towards God, godliness. Many people look at sin as a comfort or a distraction for their life because they haven't found a real purpose. And I'm going to say that again. Many people look at sin as a comfort or a distraction for their life because they don't really have real purpose in their life. They're trying to find purpose, so they, they do all these crazy things. Therefore, sin provides a distraction that they need because there's an emptiness inside. But soon sin, guess what? And many of you have experienced it. Soon sin catches up with you. And you're stuck up in the air wondering what you're going to do. But when your life is impacted by the knowledge of God's grace, you no longer need the distraction of sin. I'm going to say that again. When, you're, when your life is empowered by the power of God's grace, you no longer need the comfort or the distraction of sin. You don't need it anymore. You don't need it anymore. Stop playing with it. You don't need it. You got God's grace in your life. I'm not saying you won't be tempted. But you no longer need to grip onto sin. You grip onto grace. Many people live life using sin as their escape from life's difficulties because they don't know anything different. We as followers of Christ know different. We know. We know different. We see this happen 
at spring breaks where young people participate in binge drinking and sex parties. They're looking for an escape. They're looking for an escape from the pressures of life. In everyday America, we see heavy drinking, the abuse of prescription drugs, sexual affairs. It, it is, it's, common, it's, it's common usage. All the, if, you haven't, if you don't know this, you, where are you living? It is common in every area of our life because people are looking for an escape. But sin will never give you freedom. It will leave you hanging, and it will always put you in a bondage. So why go back to it? Don't. Only in God's grace will you find freedom. Listen to these words, and I'm closing here. Just give me a couple seconds. Listen to Paul's words in Romans chapter 6, verses 12 to 14. He says, and I, these are powerful words. Let them sink into your heart. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to the sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Grace is the knowledge that God has given us an escape plan from the bondage of sin. One of my favorite movies of all time, and this is dating me again, but there's no remake on this movie because it was done well the first time and no remake was needed. It's The Great Escape starring Steve McQueen and, and um, Coburn and all the different uh, other actors. One of my favorite movies, The Great Escape, I think it was made in the 60s. It's a movie about the POWs who were in World War II, who all of a sudden they, they created this or developed this elaborate plan to escape from the bondage of this concentration camp. And think of grace as the great escape plan that God has provided for us. And the key to initiating that plan of grace is faith. It's crazy and it's a crazy, it's a crazy and elaborate plan. We don't think about that sometimes. Send your son from heaven to earth to die on a cross made by man, to be pierced by someone, by be putting a spear into the side of a person who doesn't love that person, to put a crown of thorns on the king of kings, to manipulate, to spit upon, to, to do all these crazy things. Huh? Seriously? That's the plan? It was a plan called grace, and it set us free. It set us free from the bondage of sin. It's a crazy and elaborate plan that God created to rescue all people. And the motivation, catch us, the motivation behind the plan is love. We no longer need to live under the bondage of sin when we can find grace through Jesus Christ. You know, in life, I've discovered one of the best ways, I want you to catch this, one of the best ways to say no to something is to say yes to something else. You know what I'm saying? We, we struggle just saying no. Well, say yes. You know, if someone invites you over to a party and you know if you go to this party, it's going to be something that's not going to be good. So what you need to do is create something else that you can say yes to. It makes it easier to say no. Right? It's easy to say no to sin when you said yes to Christ. When you make that choice, it just doesn't have that same weight. It just doesn't have that same pull. It just doesn't, no, no, thank you. By the grace of God, I am what I am.
you start walking in his grace. Today I challenge you to say yes to Jesus because he will forever change your life. He will forever change your life. He will set you free from bondage. He will set you free from sin. He will set you free from insecurities. He will set you free from those doubts and fear, those things that come upon your life. The grace of God will come into your life and he will lead you. He will guide you. He will, it will, it will, you will learn and grow by faith as you continue to walk in the grace of God. Man, I challenge you, say yes to Christ and watch what he does in your life. He will change you from the inside out. Lord, I thank you for your word today. I thank you it's powerful, it's effective, and it's life-changing. I pray over every person here, those that are watching us via online, and Lord God, for those that are sitting right here in the audience today, Lord, you know every person's heart. You know those who need to be set free from bondage. You know those who need to be set free from sin. You know those who need to be set free from guilt. God, I pray today that they would have the courage, the faith to say yes to you. Because by saying yes to you, they can say no to sin. God, I pray for those that are being tossed around and to no longer to be making that choice, but God, they make a choice to serve you. Lead them, guide them, direct them. And most importantly, God, I pray that all of us here today each and every one of us will discover more and more about your grace. If you're here today with heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're watching us online or if you're here present today, I, I would be amiss first not to share how much God loves you. He's crazy about you. He loves you so much. And I, I, I would I'd be mistaken if I wouldn't make this tell you how easy the plan God made for us. It's not difficult. The plan is simple. All we have to do, and you can do that right now as I'm sharing, all you have to do is say a prayer. and Just say, Lord, I choose to follow you today. Jesus, I follow you today. I'm going to stop following everything else, and I'm going to choose to follow you. I surrender my life to you. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Set me free from my past. Set me free from my guilt. Set me free from my shame. Set, set me free from my hurts. Set me free, God. Rebalance the scales of my life, Lord, so that I can follow you. You can say that prayer, that type of prayer, in faith, and you are a child of God. You, you have been set free from that. It's a walk, it's a journey, but God can set you free. And I pray today you make that commitment. And if you make that commitment, if you're online, man, I encourage you to email us and share with us that commitment you made. If you're here in this, come see me after service up front. I have a little book I would love to give you. It's basically the next steps towards salvation. You can make that commitment towards Christ. If you need prayer, I'm going to be down at the front for a little bit. If we have a couple pastors at the end, very end of service, just come on down. And uh, deacons, come on down. If you need prayer, come on down. Ask for prayer. Don't be embarrassed. See, sin tries to keep us where, oh, no, no, I can't come down there. Guilt, shame, whatever else. Or, or, or pride. 
Pride is sin, by the way. You didn't know that. Set aside pride, walk down, and say, yeah, I need God more in my life. God good? Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.